Bills Mafia, what is up? And welcome into another episode of the Halftime Adjustments Podcast here on the Built in Buffalo Podcasting Network. I am your host, Charlie Gross. You can find me on Twitter at Charlie underscore Gross underscore. And unfortunately, we are talking about another loss for the Buffalo Bills. Coming off a bye week, losing to what we thought would be the pathetic Jacksonville Jaguars. And instead, the Jaguars beat the Buffalo Bills. I was going to say kicked their ass, but I don't think it was that. It was definitely a defensive struggle, uh, surprisingly, of course. Uh, Lots of good things to say about the defense, and a lot of people have already said those things about the defense So I'm not going to get a lot into that. Obviously, the defense played really well. Anytime you hold an opponent to nine points, you expect to win the game, and you should win the game. And the fact that they didn't win the game is an embarrassing joke uh, that the offense needs to get figured out. But the defense was phenomenal. Pass rush was better. Still maybe not as great as I would hope it would be. But definitely played well. Very physical game. And I think, I don't know what the Jaguars' thoughts were. Maybe they they saw how, you know, like Tennessee handled the Bills and, and how things went last year in the playoffs. And they decided they were going to come out and be physical, especially with the Bills' defensive backs, try to make them uncomfortable. It was a really weird game um, to start, obviously. A lot of emotions going through the whole time. Obviously, at the end, I was uh, frustrated, disappointed. Uh, I don't want to say embarrassed. It was kind of comical, almost, in a way, how bad the offensive line was. We'll we'll get to that in a minute. I'm not a blame-the-officials guy, and I'm not going to blame the officials because I think there were a lot of of just everything terrible (laughs) that can happen with officiating. But if, if you're an official and you can't even get call the penalty like on the right team like multiple times they called the penalty on the team where the penalty was really on the other team they were getting people's numbers right i mean wrong uh, i just don't understand how you can be that unprepared for a game and i don't really un- understand just it, it was just a bad day all around for pretty much both teams the officials obviously the Jacksonville defense was outstanding. The Buffalo Bills defense was outstanding. Uh, I think Tremaine Edmonds had another good game. Trey White had a good game. Micah Hyde had a really good game. Kind of, uh, He kind of switched roles with Jordan Poyer and played Poyer's spot a little bit more. And, and he was, I think, really good. But the main thing I think that we want to talk about, well, we don't want to talk about, I suppose, but we have to talk about, and that is the Buffalo Bills offense. And the Buff- B- Buffalo Bills offense was terrible. I'm really trying to watch the All-22, but it is not yet available for me, so I was not able to do that at uh, the time of this recording. But the offensive line was pretty bad, and Josh Allen was pretty bad. Uh, the running backs were bad. So a lot of this, obviously, is the function of a bad offensive line. I think everyone knows that I don't like John Feliciano. I think he's a replacement level player. And I think it's pretty pathetic that if you 
you want John Felicio, Feliciano to come back because things will get better, that's a pretty big indictment of the rest of the interior of your offensive line because I think that he sucks. So, like, what is that? And a lot of people are piling on Cody Ford, and I'm not saying that Cody Ford was good. I'm not saying that Cody Ford deserves blame. But at least during the game when I was on Twitter Nobody wanted to acknowledge the fact that Ike Butker also sucked, that Daryl Williams sucked, and that Deion Dawkins sucked. Like, like that's the little dichotomy about a lot of Bills fans is, well, Deion Dawkins, he's the snowman. Yeah, well, he played like shit. So he's the schnit snowman. Like, he played like ass. So just say it. Cody Ford didn't play good. Neither did Deion Dawkins. I don't care whether or not you like Deion Dawkins. That has nothing to do with this. I'm sure they're all very nice people. I'm sure Cody Ford is a nice guy. He played like crap. Daryl Williams, probably a nice guy, played like crap. Who cares? I don't. Just say that they played like crap. Why are you afraid to do that? So the Buffalo Bills have serious issues with the offensive line. And for a while, we thought that it was just the interior, but now it appears to be the exterior as well. And if you're hoping, like I said, if you're hoping for John Feliciano to come back because you think things will improve and he's a below-average player, and if you're looking for Spencer Brown to come back, a third-round rookie who only played two years of football, you know, you guys know a story, and you're hoping that that's like, that's a problem. And I understand that, like, that might stabilize things, but the problem is is the fact that that's what, what might stabilize things. It never should have gotten to the point where you need a third-round rookie who played two years of, like, football at, at offensive tackle to come in and stabilize offensive tackle, to stabilize your entire offensive line. It never should come to that. So this is a failure by Brandon Bean, a failure by Bobby Johnson, a failure with Brian Dable and a failure by Sean McDermott. And you know, most of it's probably on Brandon Bean. And I know that Brandon Bean has, you know, drafted offensive linemen. I know he signed he always signs a lot of offensive linemen. So I appreciate the fact that, you know, he understands how important it is to have a lot of guys, you know, at the position, but you're just having a lot of guys at the position is good enough. You have to have talented guys at the position, and the Bills don't have that. So you can sign 40 offensive linemen, but if they're all terrible, does it really even matter? You you didn't have to draft Carlos Boogie Basham in the second round. You could have drafted you. He he said that if they didn't they if Basham wasn't there, they would have traded down. Presumably, you know, back into the third round somewhere. Okay. You could have drafted a, just trade back and drafted a guy then. How how do you not realize that offensive guard is a huge problem for you? Like you literally had February, March, April, May, June, July, August. I mean, you had four months between the end of your season and the draft, and another three and a half or four months before the season, and you didn't do anything at offensive guard really. You drafted three tackles basically in the draft, which is which is weird because you already had Daryl Williams and Deion Dawkins. Now I understand that Daryl Williams isn't going to be here forever, but three couldn't one of those guys have been an offensive guard? You need you need to get 
high, you need to draft higher rated offensive guards. Like drafting an offensive guard in the sixth round or the fifth round, while that's encouraging, it obviously isn't enough. So this is a failure by Brandon Bean. And I'm sure that, you know, coming April, he'll draft two interior offensive linemen or whatever it is, or he'll sign a guy, draft a guy. The Bills need two different people, that's for sure. But that's not even really what I want to talk about today. It was what I was going to spend my entire podcast on. I was going to get on here and I was going to yell and talk about how stupid everybody is and whatever. But then I decided, okay, well, the name of the podcast is Halftime Adjustments. So what adjustments would we like to see? And now I know everyone's on Brian Dable, but I really don't think this is all Brian Dable's fault. I think it's more the offensive line's fault than it is Brian Dable's fault. And I think it's Josh Allen's fault. But who? I haven't been able to see the All-22 yet, like I said, so I can't comment on all of the routes being run by the wide receivers. But we all know that the Buffalo Bills like to run deep routes, right? Attack the intermediate areas of the field, attack the deep areas of the field. Okay, well, these teams are playing cover two. They're getting pressure with four or five guys. They're dropping everyone back into coverage. To me, the solution is to Tom Brady them. Get guys running these drag routes like what like Julian Edelman and Wes Welker used to do. Get everyone running them. Diggs, Sanders. It doesn't just have to be Cole Beasley. Run these short routes. Dink and dunk. That's Tom Brady is a Hall of Famer because he dinked and dunked for 25 years. So why can't the Bills do that? Now, I know Josh is, looks for the big play, but you, you've got to adjust. And to me, the adjustment is these short passes. And, yes, he, he completed nine passes to the running backs. Okay, well, let's complete some passes to the wide receivers, you know, in that five to six to seven yards, um, you know, from the – slant routes from the line of scrimmage. Let's let's do that. You know, we don't have to run all the safeties deep. I mean, one guy should probably do that. But I think there needs to be, like, help isn't coming for this offensive line. And even if Spencer Brown comes back and, and, and things stabilize a little bit more, that's the only help that's coming. There is no more help coming. So now what the Buffalo Bills need to do is they need to find a way to mask their offensive line deficiencies. And if you've got an offensive line who stinks at blocking, then you want to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands as fast as possible, which means drag routes, crossing routes. When was the last time you guys saw the Bills run a curl route? That's the only route that Stefan Diggs like ran last year, right? Pretty much a deep, deep crossers, a, a deep in, and the curl route. Where's the curl route, man? It's just gone. And I know that that's like a bit of more of a like a developing route, but my point is, it's in the way it's constructed, it creates natural separation. So you've got to find a way at this point to maximize. You know, you're a bit, you maximize your abilities to mask the deficiencies of the offensive line. And Josh Allen has to be willing to do that. He has to be willing to take the short dump off, the short slant, the short drag route, and stop holding the ball and looking for whatever. And, you know, just understand where that is. And he played not well. 
And I'm not, I'm not saying it's all his fault because it isn't all his fault. If you've got an offensive line that's like not even blocking the defensive line, like guys are coming off the line for the Jags and they aren't even blocked pretty much. They're just running right by the offensive the offensive line for the Bills. So of course, you know, Josh Allen isn't expecting that to happen. So what is he supposed to do? You know, he was hit like eight times, he was sacked four times. Like that takes a toll on quarterbacks. That's why quarterback hits are so important. So he if he can't see a guy coming from behind him and you can't even block the guy off the line and Josh Allen gets crushed and fumbles, it's not really Josh Allen's fault. Some of the other stuff, like like Josh Allen is leaving clean pockets too early, once again because he doesn't trust his offensive linemen. So once again, it's really the offensive line's fault. You know, he looked unsure of when he could step up yesterday at certain times, and I. But even though I'm saying that, he's got to take care of the ball. That that one throw he had yesterday. Where like he looked like he was like like they were doing some Cirque du Soleil routine where like the Jags defender was like like the pairs figure skating right you know how that is right you guys have watched the Olympics and and you got the guy right and he's like fleeing the girl and she does the little thing where her like her like feet go in the air right and it's like these little like flippy spin things like that's what it looked like it looks like it looked like Josh Allen and maybe Josh Allen from the Jags were doing like a pairs figure skating routine and then in the middle of being spun around like 47 times 30 yards behind the line of scrimmage Josh Allen decides he's just going to like throw the ball in the middle of nowhere you can't do that why are you doing that just take the sack bro it makes no sense and he had another terrible throw like that as well I mean at least that time he wasn't being spun around like he's on the you know the merry-go-round but still another stupid throw and then he makes a bad decision on a quarterback run which nobody wants to admit, but he does that quite often. And the guy, like, hugged him, and Josh Allen fumbled the football. Josh Allen has a fumbling p- problem on, on design quarterback runs that nobody wants to talk about. Almost nobody wants to talk about. I've heard people talk about it. It's just not many. I understand, like, things aren't your all your fault. I get it. Like, the offensive line is complete trash. But you're not taking care of the ball just makes it even worse like stop doing that one Josh Allen yesterday played or not yesterday I should say uh Sunday played really well and that was Josh Allen the pass rusher from the Jacksonville Jaguars there was some Josh Allen on Josh Allen violence going down look I think Urban Meyer's a clown but the Jags played hard they played well but the Bills should have crushed him, and all you need to see to know that the Bills should have crushed him and that the offensive line is complete garbage, especially on the inside, is that Taven Bryan, former first-round pick Taven Bryan, who by any measurement on planet Earth is a complete and total bust, sacked Josh Allen with one arm. That's a problem. And we've got the Jets coming up this week and this is another team that the Bills should destroy they should they should score 40 points will they I don't know I mean not with this offensive line they won't I'm kind of worried about the Jets game to be honest they've got you know one or two good defense like Quinn Williams is a good player oh maybe he's becoming a great player now I'm not saying they have I think 
the Jags maybe have a little bit more defensive talent than than the Jets, but if the the Jets have beaten the Bengals and the Titans, I'm not going to do the, oh, well, they beat them and they beat them and they beat them, so they should beat them thing, but the Jets aren't a good team, but they play good teams well. They beat the Bengals, right, who who are were leading their division, who are, what, 5-3? and three? And they beat the Titans, who are the first-place team in the AFC right now. I mean, that's not like a coincidence. They did it twice. Who's to say they can't do it again? Now, you, you know, you can make the argument that the Bills' defense is the a better defense than the Bengals and a better defense than the Titans. Sure, you can make that argument, and I would agree with it um, – under most circumstances, but with the way the offensive line is playing and the way that Josh Allen is playing, I think anything's possible. This isn't an overreaction. Like people like to say that when when you evaluate how your team played and then you make inferences on what you think might happen or what could happen or like what you're afraid of happening, people on Twitter get mad at you for that. People on Twitter call that an overreaction, or, or they, they call it whatever they call it. It's not an overreaction. The offensive line hasn't been good this entire time. The entire time that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have been here, the offensive line has been trash. Here's what happened. Last year, no one expected the Bills to be as good as they were. Josh Allen's athleticism covered up the crappiness of the Bills' offensive line. And Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott and Brian Dable and Bobby Johnson and Joe Shane and whoever else you want to throw in there didn't see it. They didn't recognize that. And they thought that running it back would be good enough. It wasn't. Again, the biggest failure of this regime has been the offensive line. And now teams are saying, okay, well, we're just going to sit back and we're not going to let you throw the deep ball. And now the ball's in your court, Buffalo Bills. What are you going to do to adjust? And we're going to get pressure. We're, we're going to try to limit Josh Allen's ability to run and see what you're going to do. And they haven't been able to adjust. That's why I said just show the throw, throw the short passes. Quick crossers, quick slants, quick drags. Everyone was all excited about continuity. I wasn't. I thought it was dumb. So my going back to my point, I saw this coming last year. So I'm not overreacting. I'm telling you what I saw, and I'm saying, hey, if this doesn't get fixed, I believe that there's a strong chance that the Bills are going to limp into the playoffs. I think they're going to make the playoffs. But you cannot tell me that right now with this offensive line that, that they're going to go to the AFC Championship game or they're going to go to the Super Bowl. Not unless they mask it somehow. And look, the same thing is happening in Kansas City. And again, Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen both can't adjust. They're playing these guys the exact same way because they're the exact same player. They're just... Not letting them throw anything deep. They're cutting off the intermediate area, getting pressure, and forcing these guys into mistakes instead of taking profits. 
No quarterback with a strong arm and with the escapability of Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen wants to sit there and throw a three-yard pass to Zach Moss. They don't want to throw a three-yard pass to Cole Beasley 13 times, right? They don't want to throw 47 you know, passes that all go one yard and rely on their guys to, to run after catch. They want to throw these rockets, right? Make big plays. Look, if they don't adjust, there's serious problems coming for the Buffalo Bills. And I don't know how good the Patriots are, but they're 5-4. and four. They're one game behind the Buffalo Bills, and they're capable of beating the Buffalo Bills as the Buffalo Bills are, are currently playing, are, are currently game planning, are currently constructed. I didn't think that at the beginning of the year, but I think it now. The Bills better be careful. And... I don't even know what to say about what Micah Hyde said. Micah Hyde said they weren't prepared. How are you not prepared? How are you not ready to play? How are you not excited about playing? I don't what I don't even know what that means. You you work. You you like you like I understand they practice, but like you kind of only work one day a week for like twenty weeks out of the year. Like that's the only time you really have to be pumped up and psyched and ready to go. Is like for three or four hours, 17, 18 times a, a year. You can't do that? Why? I, I don't understand what that means. I hope they figure it out. But obviously it's very uncharacteristic of Sean McDermott's culture is, you know, getting guys to, to ha- have to get guys to want to play hard. And McDermott mentioned it too, so it's got to be a thing. He was talking about how... They're, they know who their energy guys are. What do you? I don't know what. What? Why, why do you need energy guys? Like the goal is to win the game, so you play hard. At least. I mean, maybe I'm just being super naive. But I mean, those are my thoughts, guys. I, I really think that they're going to have to change their mentality. They're going to have to change the way, maybe that they call, you know, the game. Josh Allen's going to have to change his mentality and, and how he wants to, to do things, and he's going to have to be willing to take shorter profits. And can they mask this enough to go deep in the playoffs? I don't know. I, I'm not sure, to be honest. I hope so. But, but is it, you know, how many Super Bowl teams out there that, that you've seen did you feel were masking something? Right, like they were really terrible at something, something really, really important, but they kind of like tricked teams into thinking that they weren't really bad at it. I mean, I haven't studied every single Super Bowl team in depth in the last, you know, two decades, but I'm guessing it isn't very many, if any at all. So that's not that's not a good sign. You know, I think the Bills are limping into the playoffs. Like I said, I think they're gonna try and get hot, however you want to say that, catch fire or whatever. But I don't think the Bills are going to go as, as far as a lot of fans out there were hoping, and obviously the players were hoping. Well, I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to this podcast. Once again, this is part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. I am your host, Charlie Gross. You can find me on Twitter at Charlie underscore Gross underscore. Check out the other podcasts here on the network. They're all really awesome. Check out the YouTube channel. Uh, there's a Facebook group, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. And with that said, Bills Mafia, find a way to embrace your growth mindset and as always, trust the process.